0: Money FM 89.3, best of breakfast. Biz How To. All right, welcome to the Breakfast Show and Biz How To, how to scale up your business. When embarking on a journey of building a business, the ultimate goal is often how can we make it bigger? So, in today's Biz How To segment, we have a
1: successful entrepreneur in the child education sector. Yep, yeah, he has taken his organization from point zero in 2008 to the number one position in market share in what is a highly competitive Singapore preschool space. And In 2017, the company was listed on the SGX and in the first half of this year, its profit after tax grew $5.6 million year on year from a revenue boost of over $35 million. So, how exactly did he scale up his business?
0: Let's welcome David Cheem. He is the founder and CEO of Mindchamps. Good morning,
2: David. Good morning. Good morning, Ryan and Ahmad.
0: Hi. Hey. Glad to have you on the show. So, let's talk about Mindchamps. Of course, it's a well-known name in the preschool industry. Give us the backdrop again of its origin story. How, I guess,
2: what were the early days like for you? Well, okay, look, I think it's a very important question because... Um, the topic today is about how to scale, uh, and I think that uh, going back to the origins, the roots is so critical, because until the DNA is clear in place, uh, it's easy to get distracted by the headwinds along the way. But look, it all began, in fact, probably, you know, we, I, I would always believed that any business is a reflection of its, its you know, leader or leaders of the organization, especially when you scale. Uh, for me, it all began, I believe probably when I was, you know, we are the summation of who we are over time and as leaders, what we stand for also represents and resonates to the whole organization. But it probably began with me being very pitiful uh, that uh, by the time my family made it to Australia and we stood on Australian soil when I was nine years old, not speaking a word of English, uh, my dad had said that for everyone of us that made it, he said someone died. And that was the real stats. So I was always grateful and, um, you know, for, for wanting to contribute. And, uh, he also said that, you know, we can give you anything in life with my, you know, mom and dad loves you so much, but the only thing we can give you that no one can ever take from you is your, your education. And that resonated with me so much. And then, and then I moved from, from, you know, you know, study of academics into the arts world. And, uh, in the arts world, I would say that the epiphany, of my chance came when the, I remember the first day of the Ironman Television School. The head of the school said this. He said, "You know, you're all here because you have talent, but now that you're here, park your talent somewhere else." He said that uh, now that you're here, you're here to learn the craft, and that that in, was in 1995, and that was my intellectual epiphany. I thought, "Wow, the school system." Globally, we all go to school globally around the world. And essentially, we spend five days a week learning the what to learn for many years. But the system never taught us the craft of learning, the art of learning itself. And, and thus affecting the mindset of the learner. Because that relationship to how you learn affects the mindset of the learner. And so that's when I thought, wow, this story needs to be told. And it's a global gap. It's not just a local you know, gap. And especially in the world where the 21st century at that time was coming in a world where I realized AI was going to be a big part of our life. So that was kind of the origins of, you know, where it all began. And that's kind of the soul of where we are uh, and how all decisions we make, you know, to scale is based on that, to, to take this movement globally.
1: Yeah, it's a fascinating story, David. Now, when you first established MindChamps, uh, could you tell us about some of the early challenges you faced and how wow. you sort of propel the company into becoming a leader in the
2: preschool industry? Ah, yes. Well, look, I would say that most most business leaders will face, you know, obviously, many many challenges in the early years. Especially one big one that uh, you know all business leaders will have faces about cash flow, and you know how do you grow. When um, you have very little, but in fact, for us at that time, uh, I would say the biggest challenge was was to even to get people to believe in what your vision is about. When when at the time when we first started, we pretty much had nothing, and how do you bring that narrative, your your story, to the world? uh, Essentially, when when you don't have the means at that time, and to get people to believe in you when you when you have nothing it's much harder. I mean, today it's, you know, obviously, we've come a long way and it's, it's, it's slightly easier to get people on board. Uh, but back then, when you have nothing, um, when there's just one or two of you at the beginning. And, uh, you know, so we began our origins, you know, I thought, if, if we're gonna do this and tell this story to the world, we must we must create something that's unique. Mm. So research, yeah, research was very big to us. And, uh, and that's what I believe to rule, you know, some of the world, leading researchers because they thought, wow, this is a story that hasn't been told and they want to be a part of it.
0: All right, David, so, from yeah. one you've managed to grow to over 80 centers globally, I'm just curious, you know, as a business trying to scale up, someone who's maybe trying to follow in your footsteps, how does someone think about scaling up? What should they be asking themselves? When you talk about cash flow, you know, at what point do you feel enough is enough to expand uh-huh. and instead how much you spend on and do you know you have to make all these decisions where does the money go how should someone think about scaling up what are the important questions they should be asking themselves
2: yes yeah look what well, I really think the, um, the three key steps of scaling before one can even consider because uh, if we can't we can't make it in one territory, then um, going somewhere else is going to be obviously very difficult and you'll find the challenges will be greater because, you know, uh, the local learnings should be helping us to scale. But I would say that um, the three steps would be for, for us and this is what we did. Uh, and it was more of a, a strong strategic you know, strategy, but also ultimately, Business entrepreneur or leader, you need to, you know, know within your heart and feel it. And I think the first one, as I mentioned, is to never be distracted. And that number one is making sure, as I mentioned earlier, that the DNA, the soul of your organisation, is solid. Because if it's not, the moment you take it abroad, it's very easy to get distracted and uh, tempted, and uh, you, you lose your way very quickly. Um, decisions will be made, and leaders in that territory under your charge will make decisions that will sway. You know, for example, when we grow we're now in uh, in Australia, we're in Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines, Myanmar, and now also in the, you know launching into the US. And uh, I've always believed that if your souls are strong, you know, decisions over there, those leaders will then make decisions that very quickly will taint, I would say, you know, the direction you're going. So the DNA that soul, and you know it, you know that when you're strong and clear and making sure that that's so clear with the entire leadership and every team member within the organization. And so for us to keep that DNA pure, you know, was uh, the second part, which is to make sure that your product, um, whatever product and services that we offer to the world, is a truly uniquely differentiated. And you know as well. You know when you're doing something that everyone else is doing, and everyone else it's a very competitive space. Everybody says the same thing, and how can you offer something that you can have whole hand to heart and say we we do this and we do it so uniquely differently, and we do it at absolute, and we we don't sway from that. And so for us, the research and the training was critical. For example, we 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 don't. we can say this proudly because we we you know we're in many countries now. There are Literally, within our space, every preschool organization says they have amazing curriculum. Nobody says we've got bad curriculum. They all say they have amazing teachers. Everybody says that. Uh, Nobody says we've got uncaring teachers uh, or not good teachers. But how do you make sure that your teachers consistently are to that standard? So we made a decision which, which was quite bold at the time. We said, look, every single teacher, regardless of their qualification, And every country requires you to be qualified in your territory, either diploma or degree holder. But we said, despite that, if we do truly have a solid research-based curriculum and it's surely uniquely us, that every teacher must go through mandatory training in the mind champs way. Because if you say you've got great curriculum, a great product, but if your people are not trained, then realistically it's not happening. So you know that it's not happening. So therefore the second is to make sure that that product is so differentiated and for us, it was about research and training. From that, we were able to then live it over the last, you know, num, you know over two decades. So much so that because of that, the fruits come. And then, I mean, we're we actually now, though, if not the only private organization, where a major Australian government university, the University of South Australia, is now partnered with MindChamps to, to, to take our research even further and to publish together. And that comes back to that, you know, you know when you are doing the right thing. And then that leads to i would say the third to scale and so if your dna is always in place the leaders are clear not tempted and distracted the product sustains but the third thing is then your culture which is how do you build a culture and that engine behind i mean uh, technology is critical but the real culture and the engine behind the scalability is the leadership and the culture of the people the culture is the brand not the other way around and at my chance, we've always always said that it's about the culture, which is our brand. It's not about the footprint. We don't chase footprint. But when our culture and the brand is strong and we then take it to those territories, we, in fact, are there because those territories want us to be there, not because we're demanding and forcing ourselves into that place. So, you know, recently we even had one um, of our uh, you know, members from the U.S., who is a formerly an elementary school teacher there, and she said that this will help lift the U.S. So it's, they want us to be there. It's not just us forcing ourselves to be there. So those are the three steps that we've lived.
1: All right, David, that's a fascinating story indeed. Uh, thank you so much for your time this morning.
2: Lovely. Thank you. Thanks so a lot.
1: You're welcome. We've been speaking with okay. David Sheem, who's the founder and CEO of Mindsham. Stay with Money FM 89.3.
0: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg.